Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! 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 You know, some weeks that sound clip is good. Some weeks that sound clip at the end is bad. Welcome to Huddle Up Podcast. It is live here on a Tuesday night, November the 12th, 2019. And uh, we have tons to talk about this week, including a shift in power, even more confusion, and Zeke's issues. But first, our show is brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on NGSC Sports. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your tastes and likes, so why not add decor that reflects your sports, movie, and TV fandom? They are your hookup. Alicia's features pillows of all sizes, stools, and more. With your favorite teams and characters, log on to NGSCSports.com, find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage, and place your order. Uh, after a week off, we bring Dave back into the fold here. Dave, how you doing, bud? Hope everything is uh, is better this week on the home front. Yeah, Jimmy Jam, we're doing a lot better this week. Uh, can killing college football and slacking on posts and plays like normal, but... Uh, College puts couldn't have been better, and I uh, continue to shoot blanks in the NFL, but that seems to be par for the course the last couple of years, but uh, absolutely murdering college football, so all is well. Well, and the NFL not making any sense just seems to be the lay of the land, especially this year, and especially this past week. We'll dig into that one, um, but, uh, but of course, we'll get to college football first, but make sure everybody is following along with us on our social media, Facebook and Twitter are both at huddle up podcast you can call into the show if you want to talk about anything you can do that at 401-347-0613 use pin 29312 uh that number is also in the social media post for the uh for the episode this week um dave let's uh let's dig in here because this past weekend of course we saw um 
you know, a game that I think, you know, a lot of people just because over the past couple of years, you know, we just assume that Alabama is going to do Alabama things when they get into big games and big game situations. We just, I think, assume that Alabama is going to be the one that comes out on top. And of course, this this time they didn't. Um, the score ends up being pretty close. But if, if you really dig into that game, I, I don't think it was nearly as close as as the score may have indicated. I think, uh, you know, LSU, you know, everybody wants to talk about statement wins and statement games and all of this. I, you know, LSU may maybe have made one of the biggest statements out of any team uh, in, in the country this year and, and w- with what they did on Saturday. Um, the question I kind of posed, and now we, we saw tonight and, and we'll kind of dig into the rankings of the, you know the, the playoff rankings a little bit Alabama at five but even on Sunday we saw Alabama check in at number four um, with Clemson leaping them um, in, in in all all three polls now and I, I saw some people actually upset about it they were mad that you know Ella or that Alabama didn't fall enough and that Clemson at 10 and0 had had leaped them. Um, because, you know, of course, and it's uh, it's something we've talked about, Sean and I talked about last week, Clemson um, really has nobody on the schedule. It's been a theme for the year. But, um, you know, like this notion that Alabama should not have fallen below Clemson to me is a little bit laughable because neither team really has a signature win, but the difference is Clemson still undefeated. Now, I get... You had a you you know Alabama has a good loss if we want to throw that term around. But um, do you think Dave that that Alabama got 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 screwed a little bit, or do you do you feel they're kind of where they should be? I think Alabama is one hundred percent where they should be. Um, I actually think the 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 college playoff committee has this right. I think uh, I think that they're pretty much lined up how they should be at the moment. Um, what you're doing is you're you're giving essentially Georgia the pass to the the college football playoff game if they win out. Um, LSU obviously is in if they uh, they only drop the SEC title game, and then uh, two and three are both in if they win out. So the the playoffs are pretty much set. And by putting Alabama where you did, you're essentially saying if you throttle Auburn, uh, they're likely in. I don't think anyone. Um, and it, it's early to be honest, but I don't know that the Pac-12 or uh, Oklahoma, and speaking of which, I think Oklahoma is done with Penn State being ahead of Oklahoma, personally. I agree. Um, but uh, I, I think that you're you're realistically looking at this point that it's either going to be Georgia, Alabama, or the winner of the Pac-12 championship game. And those are your, um, assuming that nothing chaotic happens. But uh, I, I kind of want to to twist this on you, Jim. And you're obviously a Notre Dame fan, as everyone knows. Yes. If you had to pick four teams that you didn't want to play, would it not? And based on how they've looked the past couple of weeks, would Clemson not be in that top four of teams? You that... are absolutely crazy if you answer if you answer anything other than I would not want to. Clemson would want to be would be one of the four teams that I don't want to play because there's absolutely no doubt that they have one of the best defenses in the country, and the offense is finally starting to click. So Clemson is back. Um, yeah, and, but I mean, again, you know, we, we've talked about it all years, this notion of where Clemson is and, and is Clemson back or, 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 you know, what, what's going on with them. You know, it's, it's, it's been that statement that we've repeated weekly of, well, how, how do you, how do you get a team that, that won a national title a year ago? How do you get them to get up for, for competition that is 
and and this isn't saying this to be insulting to anybody else, but to, that is so far beneath them. Like, how do you how do you get up for those games? How do you motivate? You put them fifth in the first college football playoff ranking, and damage exactly. is done. You know, and now you know now they they realize that you know we still have to play these games. We still have to you know win convincingly, and and we can't just kind of scoop by and assume that we're going to get there. So. You know, they, they've kind of woken up. They've gotten up off the mat. Um, are you saying four teams that I wouldn't want Notre Dame to play right now? I, I, there's a lot of teams I wouldn't want Notre Dame to play right now. I mean, yes. If you could pick – I mean, if you – it has to – tell me if I'm wrong, though. Three of the four have to be LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. Oh, well, yeah. And then the other four the, – the fourth one is up for debate. But if you base it solely off of that – the top three are correct. And oh, the, moral of the story, I saw a lot of Ohio State fans bitching that LSU jumped them. Okay. And one of one of my favorite followers from the Ohio State market had the perfect comment. He said, quite frankly, I don't care for one or four. As long as we're in, we have a chance. Exactly. Textbook, exactly. All that matters. And like and that's the thing too, is like you know, and, and, and that the thing I've I've said about it is you know, if you're one or you're two, it it, it really it, it really shouldn't matter because, you know, you're 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 technically you know you're the higher seed. I I get that, you know, if you're number two, you're going to have a quote harder matchup. But you know, looking at it right now, if I'm Ohio State, you know, I I I I, yeah, I think you 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 probably should be better than Clemson. You probably should be better than Georgia. But yeah, you, you just want to be in. And and again, how do you not how do you not you know put LSU on top after beating Alabama. I mean, you know, no offense to uh, to to Ohio State, but just throttling the the forty four and a half point spread over Maryland, um, albeit impressive to get that many points in a four quarter span. You didn't exactly get challenged this past week. You didn't actually. You didn't necessarily do anything super impressive. Um, you stayed undefeated. That you onside st- kick, that onside kick recovery was was pretty sweet, though. It it was, and you know, it um, great spot to use it too. Yeah, great spot, and and you know, I think it was probably a little bit of a shot um, at the, uh, you know, at the fact that you that you could have a player facing suspension, and and you know, I don't know if it's just kind of an fu to the college football world or what, but um, that that's obviously a developing situation. Nothing really new on it. Um, this week, as of now, I guess he's in, back at practice, but um, nothing new on the, the the game front. But we'll uh, we'll monitor that and get it up on social media if and when we can. So yeah, Dave, let's dig into so, yeah two thing two things here before we go off the rankings. And I, I I said it last year, and I'll I'll repeat it again this year that I think the one thing the situational committee could or situational geez, um the 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 rankings committee the playoff committee could really do to help them is to get a Vegas odds maker on here. I saw all week um, leading up to it that if Clemson played Penn State, Clemson would be anywhere between 10.5 and 13.5 point favorites over Penn State. And quite frankly, after what I saw this past weekend, I would have been betting the house on Clemson because Penn State can't stop a pass downfield. So no. I, I think that it would just behoove them to have some uh, some kind of, I don't want to call it different mindset, but guys that are going to take 7, 8, 9, 10 figures on a game I think would would just kind of give them a different view with actual rankings and stuff like that the other thing Jim that I want to talk about and just kind of mention it because I don't know that I've ever seen something quite like this but uh, Ohio State's game this week and I believe that they are are playing the cream of the crop in the Big Ten 
I'll let you confirm that. Yes, yes, one hundred percent best team in the Big Ten. <laughs> they they are uh they are fifty one point favorites and I think the total set at uh fifty five and the over under for their opponent uh on their total team points is three. Jeez. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was I was gonna highlight that you can that... catch fifty points in a college football game. It's dude, it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, I, I last week with Sean, we were talking about the fact that the um the number on the Ohio State Maryland game was at that point the highest in a uh in a Big 10 game and I said just wait a week. <laughs> um and, you know, it's it's a ridiculous number. It's a ridiculous line. But like, you know, we talked about here last week, you know, take the points take the number like ohio states they're they're going they're they're going to go over and they're going to beat the spread themselves like it, it's it, it's it's it, it's not it's not even a matter of if i i think it's a matter of by how much well, it's one of those that that a number that big you got uh 60ish games on on saturday and throughout the week that's just an automatic cross it out, and I'm not wasting any time on it because <laughs> you just don't know. Like, right. it's just not worth the time. You have the advantage as the player giving the money that you don't have to bet every game, and the sports books have to line every game. So that's your biggest advantage. You can pass. Exactly. All right, let's dig into these rankings a little bit. Of course, we know LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, they're the top four. Alabama, Oregon, Utah, Minnesota round out the top eight. Um, and like you said, Penn State over Oklahoma, that rounds out the top 10. Um, Baylor at 13 um, is an interesting number. I know that you know they were highlighting Cincinnati and Memphis at 17, 18 will be a very interesting look down towards the AAC championship. Um, and then uh, rounding out the top 25, uh, Navy at 23, Kansas State 24, Appalachian State 25. Um, I guess Appalachian State cracks the uh, playoff rankings for the first time in their history. Um, Auburn at twelve—that—that's an—that's one that that is definitely um, should be circled by a lot of teams because obviously Alabama yet to play them. Georgia plays them this weekend. Um, you know, Oregon's a team who lost to Auburn, so Auburn—you know—Oregon's going to be rooting for, for multiple reasons um, for Auburn this weekend against Georgia because. Uh, you know, if you know if they can get Georgia out of the way, that makes the loss to uh, Auburn by by Oregon uh, look a lot better. So uh, there's going to be a lot of eyes in the college world uh, on that game on CBS uh, this coming weekend. Um, I, I was having a discussion with it with a friend on on uh, uh, on a on another page once the rankings came out, and we were talking about the fact that that you know he goes, well, you know, Alabama's got the perfect setup now to to uh, ultimately find their way in. And and really, I mean, they they are kind of set up in, in in a decent way if they can win out, and um, you know, obviously, either Georgia or LSU is going to fall at some point because if they don't do it in the regular season, they're going to see each other in the SEC title game. So, you know, one of those two teams has to lose there. But I said, you know, the, 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 assuming Oregon and Utah win out, they would play in the Pac-12 title game, and if one of those teams wins convincingly enough, like I don't think it could be a 2120 or something like that but if one of those teams wins convincingly enough you know I think they could leapfrog Alabama obviously we're sitting here in November a lot of football to be played but it, it is interesting to see 
from last week to this week, how things stack up. And I think the Pac-12, which sometimes kind of gets forgotten on the college football landscape, is actually set up for a champion if a convincing win in that title game because we do know the committee puts a stock on those games um, you know, if, if you can, if you can do it convincingly that, um, I think the PAC 12 may find their way in and Alabama feels weird to say needs help here. I, I like what you're saying, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do. If it's a PAC 12 team against Alabama and what that comes down to. Um, and this is, com- this is coming from a guy that's heavily invested in Utah at the moment, um, from before the season. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. The, the thing you can look at college football right now, um, and I think it's something that's really interesting and makes the games kind of a little bit more interesting this weekend, is you look at teams that realistically control their own destiny. And I think there's five or six offhand that come out um, that if they win out, they're in. If Baylor wins out, you probably have to put them in. Undefeated Pac-12 or uh, Big 12, um, they'll have beaten Oklahoma and I believe they have uh, one other ranked team left on their schedule. I forget who it is offhand. I don't have that in front of me. Um, but Baylor's one. Minnesota's one. If they went out, they're probably in. Um, obviously, I don't think that's very likely, either one of those two scenarios. Um, your top three, they went out. They're in. Georgia wins out. They're in. So I think you, you can really start to say this picture gets clearer and clearer every week. And, and more realistically, I think you have a couple teams that – that somehow and and surprisingly go down, kind of like Penn State last week. No one was expecting Minnesota to beat them, and down they went. So I think it's something along those lines that this is where the the chaos really starts to come in. But I I agree with you. I think that the one thing that the rankings say is that the Pac-12 has more life over the Big 12 this year. And I I obviously like that, having all the uh, Utah futures here. But uh, I, I do think that I agree with you that it has to be a blowout in the title game. And I think the same goes for the big 12. If they want any chance, um, you have to have a conference title winner. And I don't know that 14 is enough. I think you almost need to be close to three TDs. And quite frankly, with Utah's defense and Oregon's defense, I don't know that you get that out of the Pac-12, which is is what you're going to need. And you probably realistically need Oregon to do that. But um, at the same time, I think a huge win like that, it'll just be very interesting to see, especially – if uh, the SEC cooperates and, and, and Georgia goes down and Auburn's out of the picture. But I do agree with what you're saying, that it's setting up perfect, perfect for Alabama. I mean, if they went out and they throttle Auburn in Auburn, um, and it's it, especially the scenario that plays out is if it's Oregon coming out of the Pac-12, Oregon lost to Auburn at a neutral site, and then you have Alabama who just beat them at, in Oregon, it's going to be awful tough for that committee to take Oregon over Alabama when they have recent bias on the team that Oregon lost to earlier in the year. So I, I, I would love to think that it sets up well for the PAC 12, but uh, I still think the PAC 12 needs some help. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's tough. I, I don't know. I don't know if punishing a team for a week one loss versus a team that lost in November is, is necessarily the message that you, that you want to send. Um, if you're the committee now looking at Baylor, they play, uh, of course, Oklahoma this weekend, Texas next weekend, Kansas to round out the regular season. And then, you know, a- a- assuming everybody else would win out, uh, they would have to play Oklahoma again in the big 12 title game. So, um, that, that would be three pretty, pretty big wins, um, in a series of four games for the, uh, Baylor bears. So I think they would make a case 
Um, you know, Utah losing to USC. USC's kind of, you know, put put the put the train back on the the, the right track a bit um, over the second second half of the season. Um, but that was a very different USC team that you lost to earlier in the year. Um, and, and then of course, you know, uh, Oregon losing to Auburn. So, um, yeah, I think the big thing is if you are those PAC 12 teams, if you're the big 12 teams, you know, you're, you're hoping Alabama falls somewhere else along the way. And here's the thing, uh, you know, you know, I know that, you know, you two are through for 400 plus yards, you know, that, that, that defense did not look very good very looks very un-Alabama like I you know I'll put it that way um this past weekend so you're just hoping that Auburn can can upset Alabama and and just eliminate Bama like if they if they get a second loss obviously they are definitely done so if you're Pac-12 Big 12 you want that to happen as well but I agree that with you from earlier that I think Oklahoma's done I think the only chance the Big 12 has to get in would be an undefeated Baylor team um and 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 you're, you're and I think the the undefeated Baylor team would have to beat Oklahoma twice. Yes, because I think they would even they beat them the first time. I think, and I don't know what Kansas State's tiebreakers are, other than the head to head with Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma Oklahoma is second in the Big Twelve right now, so that that. But if they had another loss, would they be tied with Kansas State then, which gives Kansas State the tiebreaker? That's what I don't know. No, I I, um, I don't believe so. From looking at just looking at it real okay. quick. But that's where I, I think that they ha- that uh, Baylor has to beat Oklahoma twice. Yes. Um, in order to get in, that it has to be, and it, and one of them needs to be convincing. But I, I think the Big Twelve is in some uh, serious trouble looking at these rankings. Yeah, I, it, you know, it would be more likely that, that the Pac-12 winner uh, w- would get in over them. Um, you know, you would have to win convincingly, probably maybe even twice, uh, if you're Baylor. And then uh, you know, hope that the Pac-12 title game or, or something along the way there um, would be a close one, not very convincing. So um, you know, very the the rankings, at least the top three. I, you know, I was sitting there and I, and I said it as they they rolled out LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. I'm like, you know, they're starting to go. Who's going to be at number four? And I'm like, just put Alabama up there. And when they threw up Georgia, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I just figured, you know. Alabama loses to, you know, LSU, who's now number one. Georgia had lost to South Carolina, so I just figured that they were going to, you know, they were going to shoehorn LSU in there again. But they did not, at least for this week. So, um, obviously. Yeah, and I think. Go ahead. Jim, I think the telling thing is going to be what happens when, when, and uh, assuming it happens, what happens when Alabama beats Auburn? And this is assuming that Georgia has beaten Auburn. But if Alabama leapfrogs Georgia then, that spells trouble for the Pac-12. But if they don't, Georgia should be four going into the SEC title game. And I think there's a chance then that the the, Pac, uh, the Pac-12 winner at that point or, or an undefeated Minnesota if they were to take down uh, Ohio State, um, something like that could leapfrog Alabama then. Well, yeah. Can you imagine that, that if you have – what would happen if you get to the – you know, nothing changes between now and then. Um, one of the Pac-12 teams win by, wins by 21. Minnesota beats Ohio State. Georgia beats LSU. And um, Baylor has one out. Jesus. What the hell do you do then? Um, and it, I hope it, it happens. Yeah, I was going to say, at this point, I hope, much like um, most years, with the exception of last year, if, it's, if Notre Dame's not going to the playoff – 
I want I want chaos to just reign supreme because what the hell? I'm just sitting back and, and going for the ride at this point. You know, it's 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 all just who's going to end up there. Let, let's 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 get wild. Let's get twisted. You know, because I was just going to present a hypothetical to you, like you know, let's assume you know that that LSU wins out, Ohio State wins out, uh, Clemson wins out, but then you know your 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 Pac-12 title game is uh, is is a close one. Your uh, you know your Big 12 title game is a close game, but let, let's let's just hypothetically say that like Auburn, you know stomps out Georgia this week and then beats Alabama by 20. Like, is there even any hope like for them at this point, if, if those conference title games aren't, uh, you know, aren't, um, done in convincing fashion, because I think if, you know, Auburn would beat Georgia and Alabama in a three weeks span by, by, you know, 14 or more, you know, there, that sec bias thing starts to creep up in your head, even for a, two loss team like it's just you you truly yeah, I mean, the other thing with auburn's you got to think that they have the oregon win too they'd have right three exa- wins over exactly top top seven it's right so like let's say you know oregon i hope that they get in because i would i would bet the house would move over the number one seed because oh, sure. i'm not a bo nicks fan oh yeah sure but. no no doubt and, and at that point it'd be lsu i think lsu would have a lot of fun doing that um in uh in, in the sec title game so I would see a lot of fun each and every Tuesday night. You know, we're gonna we're gonna highlight a few things um, from the uh, yeah, from the did, playoff uh, rankings. One thing I did want to mention, Jim, here, and I I would guess since they announced the the selections that a lot of the value is gone. But uh, I did I did get some money down on uh, Alabama at twenty to one to win the college football playoff earlier this week. Um, the odds have since regressed to twelve to one, but that twenty to one was an absolute joke line um, that was way higher than it should have been. Again. I'm not saying that they win it, um, but to, to Alabama twenty to one to win the national title, when I still think that they probably have the the fourth best path in the country to get in. All they have to do is beat Auburn in the road, and I think there's a better than fifty percent chance that they're in the college football playoff. So um, twenty to one on that. I'll, I'll figure out what to do with twenty to one if they get in. All right, Dave. Let's look at the. There's four matchups, top twenty-five matchups. Um, I, I am adjusting the ranking numbers um to reflect what we saw tonight with the college football playoff rankings i I did not recheck the uh odds numbers but i assume that these are still probably pretty close uh so let's roll with it starting with a 230 game on nbc it is uh number 23 navy at number 16 notre dame uh navy comes in seven and one notre dame seven and two notre dame nine and a half uh favorite um and the the 54 is the number on this game um I think the smart money is to take Navy with the points and to bet the under. Um, Notre Dame's offense has not been very good over the past few weeks. Um, you know, their their defense has been fine, but, you know, Navy, I think, is going to do what Navy does, and that, that is, you know, hold the ball and uh, and run a lot of clock. You know, and, and the only game I can even compare this to at all um, in a way, was the Virginia Notre Dame game earlier this year, where Virginia ran a lot of clock. They did a lot of op- option work, um, and in the first half, they they held Notre Dame in check um, offensively. So, I, I think the smart money here. I think Notre Dame is going to win the game, but I, it is not going to be by by more than a touchdown. I think you're looking somewhere more in about the three to five range, and uh, and I don't think either offense is going to put up a lot of points. So, um, definitely play the under. 
Let's row the boat here, Jim. We're going to watch uh, Navy go to 8-1, straight up upset here. Uh, Navy's going to run the hell out of the ball, and it's going to wear down Notre Dame. And um, moral of the story is Dave has an under on the regular season win tickets on uh, Notre Dame that Dave needs Navy to step up here and win this game. So <laughs> we're going to row We're gonna row the mother-freaking boats. All right, then let's go to 3.30 on CBS, The probably the biggest game of the weekend. Um, it is number four, Georgia, a three point road favorite there, eight and one at number 12, Auburn, seven and two, uh, 44 is the number on this one again, three thirty CBS. Um, you know, I, 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 even though Georgia is the number four team in the country based on the, the playoff rankings, um, I, I don't, I don't have a super ton of confidence in them at number four, I, but I don't have, uh, you know, a, a lot of confidence in, in Auburn either. Um, now, you know, as we were talking, things would get really interesting if they could pull the upset here. Ultimately, I don't think that happens. I think it's by more than a field goal as well. Um, I think George is well aware of the fact that, you know, they, they control their own fate and, um, you know, they, they obviously, the, the, the bigger game would be LSU in a title game. So I like them to, to win this one. Um, but you know, 44 is such a, such a hard number on this game. I'm going to take a slight under here um, because I have more confidence in their offenses to not score than score. So Georgia with the win and the points and, a, and an under here. This is one that the line feels like it's a little short. Um, and it feels like Georgia should be favored by a little bit more, but I don't have any confidence as to why. Um, so I'm taking, taking Auburn catching the, the three, three and a half, four, maybe even game day even though I hate Bo Nix, um, but uh, it does seem like a low-scoring game. Uh, it just feels like Auburn's the right side here for some reason. It seems too easy. To, it, it feels too easy to put money on Georgia here, doesn't it? That it feels like, oh, it's only a field goal. So generally when it feels like that, something goes wrong. All right, let's move to the, uh, the game 4 o'clock on Fox. It is the number 8 Minnesota Golden Gophers. And I, I just want to highlight because when we did our – first show of the season and we are predicting the college football season we had listener and 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 one of my longtime friends frank call in and and i assume frank was just you know tipping the bottle back a little hard that night because he said that minnesota was going to go undefeated and i chuckled i laughed i thought frank was having some fun with me well here we are it is november 12th and minnesota is nine and oh they have, you know, beaten their their hardest opponent, you know, to up to this point. I, I I still don't I still don't know if we know anything about who Minnesota truly is and who Penn State really is. Besides knowing they're not going to be a national champion, um, but here we are, Frank. You're three wins away from being twelve and zero. So I just want to want to give a shout out to Frank there for that one. But Minnesota nine and zero. At number twenty, Iowa, who is six and three, and who also happens to be a three-point home favorite, uh, forty-four and a half is the number on this one. Four o'clock on Fox. Um, you know, if, if I'm Minnesota, yes, this is probably a hard spot to be in because you're you're coming off of that game where you went where you were ranked seventeenth. You probably had a chip on your shoulder and all of this. Now you're good. Now you have the recognition. Now they put you in the top 10. Maybe you could play with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder still because you probably could have been higher. You know, Alabama has a loss. You're not above Alabama. You weren't getting that far this week. 
you know, it's it's there's three more games. You you win out and you win a Big Ten, you're going to be in the playoff. Uh, this is a this is a tough spot in a in a road game against an Iowa team that usually does really well at home. However, Minnesota, and I can't believe I'm saying this, in an upset over Iowa, I like them to win. Um, and I and I, I I do like the points here too. So I'm going to take Minnesota and the over. Keep that thing going. I love it. The Golden Gophers. We're going to go with the Hawkeyes here, but uh, I do remember your buddy from uh, Minnesota calling, and I, I I would love to rehash those preseason picks. You should bring those out and post them on the podcast some page some point this week. I think it'd be pretty interesting with your national champion of Notre Dame and how that's uh, faring against mine. So um, be be good to rehash those. But uh, I, I think Iowa's going to going to pull the upset here and uh, get the Big Ten uh, pretty much down to to Ohio State here. Um, although the the other thing that would be interesting with the Big Ten here, Jim, is what happens if Penn State wins out? They would then have a a road win at Ohio State, and they would have uh, presumably with a revenge game over Minnesota in the Big Ten title game. They they might not be as dead as people think. Although I just think they're dead because I don't think they're very good this year. I um the nice thing is about that is I I, I don't think we're going to have to worry about Penn State winning out. <laughs> um. You know, and that that could just hypothetically, yeah. Well, you know, and, and I get that hypothetically, you know, you are trying to pick out these kind of weird, crazy dream scenarios. But you know, even I'm gonna, even I'm gonna throw a flag on that because you you can't get too unrealistic, even with even within the 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 bounds of a hypothetical. So um, I'm not even gonna worry about that one because there's no way that Penn State's winning next weekend. And I'm, I literally say no way. Um, so let's move to the last game of the week here, Dave. It is 730 uh, on ABC. I believe game day is at this one. It is Oklahoma 8-1. and one. They are number 10. They're a 10-point road favorite at number 13, Baylor, who comes in at 9-0. and 67-and-a-half uh, is the number. I, I, when it's a Big 12 game, I feel like the smart play is always to take the over. So I'm going to take the over. So now the question is, can Baylor pull the straight-up upset? Can they beat the spread? Uh, I think they can definitely. No. I think they can beat the spread. I think they're going to pull the upset. I really do. I, I don't I don't think this Oklahoma team is that good. I, I, I guess I don't really know what this Baylor team is, but it they just – they they just feel like something somewhat special is working there. Um, if it was in Oklahoma, I'd give them no chance. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, a very strong limb that is, because I don't want it to break under me. And uh, Baylor gets the upset and the over. We're taking the under, and we're taking uh, Oklahoma covering by 14 here. Uh, Oklahoma's going to run this one up because they realize that they need the signature win to even have any chance at the, the college football playoff. Baylor's been a great story with all their their issues the past couple of years, but uh, Oklahoma's gonna gonna kind of morph them into what they really are here and and show them what it is to be a uh, actual power football team versus just a dream, kind of like when uh, Navy plays Notre Dame. What's gonna happen this weekend? Oh my God! Would you stop it? All right, let's move to the NFL. Um, let's look at this past weekend. Um, in a year, hey, Jim. Yes. Let's not look at this past weekend for your and I's sake. Uh, we'll, we'll come to a gentleman's agreement on that. 
Well, okay, I'll leave. I'll leave two games out of this this question then, because um, in a year that has made no sense, I feel like this week made even less sense. So tell me which one out of these results made the least sense to you, Dave? The Browns beating the Bills, the Falcons beating the Saints, the Titans beating the Chiefs, the Dolphins beating the Colts, or the Steelers beating the Rams. So do the the only I you know that I like to play underdogs. So the only one of those games that I was not on, um, with the points of course, not straight up, but the only one that I was not on was the Dolphins over the Colts. So that's the one that makes the least sense. Um, I, I loved Cleveland this past week because I think Buffalo is the most overrated. Well, one of the most overrated teams say in the of. NFL because they cannot stop the run. And I thought Chubba Dub Dub was going to have a game, and he just failed, could not get into the end zone and cost me money in DK. <laughs> but um, I, I think that anytime you have Jared Goff on the road, nothing is a surprise. Um, so that one's out. Um, Atlanta. The the inside information this week was that Dan Quinn was finally turning over the defensive play calling, and that defense looked completely different. Sure um, did. And they were both coming off a bye. Um, and Drew Brees looked like shit the game before they went on to the bye. So um, that was an absolute do-not-touch-New Orleans game. But uh, I, I decided once it got to 14, it was time to, to hit Atlanta a little bit in a divisional game. So I, I was okay with that. Um, Tennessee, Kansas City. um I, I got Kansas City early in the week at three and a half, and then got t- got Tennessee at six later in the week. So I had a nice little middle, and of course, they had to block that freaking kick and then turn into losing the game. But uh, Kansas City's a mess right now with injuries still, so they're fin- they're getting healthier, but they're still pretty banged up, which hurts a lot. Um, so that one, that game was just pretty much a stay away. I was just hoping to middle it, which I did until they had to block that field goal. But, um, yes, I'm still better. Um, but the other thing then, uh, the, the Dolphins and Colts game, this Colts team makes absolutely no sense on what they do. They can go into Kansas City and, and beat Kansas City, but then they can lose to the Dolphins. And what the hell are the Dolphins doing that they're winning these games all of a sudden other than Fitzmagic's happening? So um, just a, uh, a strange NFL, but I would say the, the Dolphins-Colts game is the game that surprised me the most out of that group. You know, for me, I, I think it would probably probably be the 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 Titans over the Chiefs, just because you you figured you're getting, and I get that the, the injury issues are there and whatnot, but you figure you're getting the most, you know, one of the most dynamic players in the NFL back, and and seemingly healthy, you know, he's healthy enough to play. Let's put it that way. You, you know, even if he's not a hundred percent, they're not going to rush him out there. Um, if if he's if he's going to risk re injury, like I think the Raiders being at five and four, um, absolutely helped facilitate that decision to put to put Patrick Mahomes back out there. But um, it was just a, it was just a wild weekend, another wild weekend, um, you know, in the in the NFL and and you know, I think this this weekend really illustrates how how even the majority of these teams are and how much home field is starting to matter again in the NFL. We've went through, I don't want to say three out of five seasons, but it feels like, I don't know, six out of eight seasons that the home team didn't matter. It was, oh, they, you know, this team's better X's and O's wise, so they're winning the game. Well, here it's a lot more, this year has been a lot more like digging into games like uh, the Bills, Bills 
the Browns game is a perfect example. The Browns should have won that by 10-plus points. But sure. um, Freddie Kitchens being Freddie Kitchens um, just happened. But the the Browns should have been able to run the ball all day because the Bills are 30th in the NFL in, in rush defense, and they've played a, a opponent with a combined winning percentage of 17%. Um, so – Oh, and that's if you take the the Patriots out. Let me let me clarify sure, that yeah. in their wins, the teams that they've beaten have a winning percentage of seventeen percent. So um, you you factor all that in, and the Browns were the right side this week. It's just the score, and again, box score fraud is how strong the Bills looked in the box score. The Browns should have won that by ten game, ten plus points. So it's a lot more of that. That it's not just who's the better team, but it's what is Team A and Team B's weakness in, in each game. Um, perfect example: the Packers. Panthers game, neither team can stop the run. So whichever running back went off more um, was going to be the team that won the game, and that's what happened. Um, quite frankly, as a Panthers fan, I was kind of pleased that that we were going to be able to slow Rodgers down, which we did, um, but we can't stop the run. So it was kind of a, a an interesting dynamic there that I'm happy that they're going to run the ball because it means Rodgers not throwing it, but I know we can't stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's been weird. So let's look at the NFC because – I, you know, if, if this weekend, particularly last night, taught us anything, it's that um, the NFL or the NFC is completely wide open. Like, if you if you look at the AFC, it's it's New England, it's Baltimore, it's Kansas City if they get healthy, and and um, you you have a lot of other teams I think that are just praying to, to upset somebody. And I'm not trying to totally discredit Houston or Buffalo or Pittsburgh or anybody else, but. Let's be realistic. The AFC is very top-heavy. Now, you look at the NFC, division leaders as of right now, San Francisco, Green Bay, New Orleans, Dallas. Then you have Seattle and Minnesota in the wild-card spots. And and then you start to go down the, the teams that are you know in the hunt just outside the wild-card. You got the Rams at 5-4, and four, the Eagles at 5-4, and four, the Panthers at 5-4, and four, the Bears at 4-5. and five. Um, and, and like I kind of want to draw like a light line right there because uh, then you got Detroit three five and one, Arizona three six and one, Tampa three and six, and so on. Like Washington's not going to do it. The Giants aren't going to do it. The Falcons aren't going to do it. Um, so like let's just let's just draw that line right now under Chicago. You could probably put it over Chicago if we're being totally brutally honest, but just for amusement's sake. Like I Watch feel out for Mitch Bortles. Yeah, like I feel like. You know, if if any of those teams, again, probably sans Chicago, can find their way into the playoffs, because I'm not totally sold on Minnesota. Minnesota should have lost to Dallas. Dallas, I'm not sold on at five and four because they should have won but didn't. You know, I I I've said for a couple weeks now that I think Dallas and Philly are this are like the same team. The Rams, I don't have any confidence in it. But if you start to go up the standings, Seattle. I've made a case all year that that I think they're one of the more fraudulent teams. I know you have as well, Dave. That you know they're they're eight and two now. Yes, you did just give San Francisco their first loss, but a week ago you had to use overtime to beat the Buccaneers, and and I, it's a week to week league. But you know Green Bay has looked flawed at times. San Francisco this week looked flawed. New Orleans looks flawed. I, I don't have any confidence really in, in any team in the NFC. Like, I think there's a, some teams you could feel a little safer, put that in quotation marks, safer with. But, uh, you know, to me, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't have any confidence 
right now in the NFC. Like if if if, if the Super Bowl were to be tomorrow, you know, and you, you have New England or Baltimore flip a coin, I, I would I would put them probably over any team in the NFC right now. For for me. Well, I'll give you New England or Baltimore, and I'll take all the NFC teams, and I'll I'll see you in February. Sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> um, so I think uh, I think a couple of things to kind of kind of look at with this. Um, one, and I, I, I'm not saying this to irritate you, but I think you have to look at the NFC East, and I think it's realistic that you might only get one team out of the NFC East. Oh, I think that's um, I, I think that's tied. almost a lock at this point. I don't, but I don't know what schedules look like. And I mean, if you have three games against the the Redskins and Giants left, you you could get a nine nine or ten win team, maybe two potentially. Um, but I think the Eagles are are the weaker of the two teams. But I think they have the better coach, and they have gone through a lot more of a difficult schedule thus far than the Cowboys have. And again, I don't know what either team has left. Um, so take that into consideration. Um, the Packers, you have to look at the teams that they have beaten, and I don't think there's a team in, in the NFC for sure that has a stronger um, resume of teams that they have beaten than Green Bay, but Green Bay also lost to the Eagles. So, um, again, week-to-week league. Uh, San Francisco is probably the team that I like the most. Um, I do have a preseason future on them. The, the piece with San Francisco that I like is Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius and a really, really good coach uh, that he really um, orchestrated the, the Falcons Super Bowl run, but he's also an idiot when it comes to coaching at times, because like last night's game is a perfect example. He had that game one if he just kept running the ball, but he decided to throw it and ultimately cost them the game a couple times there. So he's kind of the anti, uh, the anti Garrett there that he likes to, uh, or Kellen Moore, whatever you want to call it. Uh, oh God, they're uh, all the same and, at this and point. And do the wrong, the wrong thing at the wrong time. But uh, Shanahan always goes towards the past. But uh, there's a lot of talent on that San Francisco team. Um, the the NFC South, then you look at it, and I, I mean, I, I, I obviously am a Panthers fan, but I am not sold on this Saints team at all. I've been saying it from the beginning that the Saints team just does not. Uh, does not look all that good, and then they get blown up by Atlanta this past week. So um, the the NFC South is still – I don't want to say it's wide open, but uh, both teams are still alive there, and they still have two games left. So um, definitely pretty pretty live there for that division. But uh, I, I do agree that the the top tier of the, the uh, AFC does seem to look better than the NFC, but uh, I'm still not convinced that the Patriots are all, all that good uh, – given that they've played no one except for the Ravens who throttle them. But uh, at the same point, I, I think the Rams are the one team that I think you could say they're done. Uh, they, they're not the same with, with Goff and his rogue woes. And then uh, Gurley with his arthritic leg uh, <laughs> definitely have some issues. So they just they just don't look like the, the same team. And, I mean, I think the the Bears with Mitch Bortles is, is having an issue. And, and that defense is still top 10, top 15, but it's not – Top three creating the turnovers like oh yeah yeah I think I mean Um, that the the drawing the line under the Bears was just more because mathematically they're only two games behind Minnesota in that last spot now I I I do not think that the Bears are truly in play even for a playoff position but it was it was just sheer mathematics with you know six or seven games to go um, that that you know you're two games out you're you're still mathematically in the hunt. I mean, 
mathematically everybody's still in the hunt, but let's let's not get too hasty. Um, yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot about this San Francisco team in the next. Uh, I think it's three weeks or so. I think they have both Green Bay and a uh, road game in Baltimore. Yeah, the, uh, the Green I Bay they game. Play Baltimore next week. Yeah, the Green Bay game is because this is eleven. The Green Bay San Francisco game is next week, and that uh, just today got flexed into the Sunday night spot. Philly and Seattle gets moved to one o'clock. So, Dave, do you, just to just to give you the, the the remaining games in the NFC East, and I agree with you. I think the, I think only the NFC East winner uh, will get in, and and of course the Cowboys with their success against the division this year, and they're still currently sitting up top. Um, you know, they're in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. Um, but the Cowboys have the uh, the Lions this week, followed by the Patriots, the Bills, the Bears, the Rams, uh, the Eagles again on the 22nd, and then rounding out uh, with the Redskins. Uh, the Eagles have the Patriots this week, then the Seahawks, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Giants. So the Eagles have the easier road. Now the next two weeks um, are the challenging ones for them. Um, But, you know, not that either road is daunting because with the exception of the Patriots, depending on what exactly the Patriots are, games against the Lions, Bills, Bears, Rams, and Redskins are all winnable games as well. So, and I've been saying this all year, that the NFC East is probably going to come down to Dallas and Philly, and it's going to come down to who wins the games, the head-to-head matchups. And Dallas, of course, with a 37-10 to win back in October. Um, you know, it's like, to, to me, that that's what it's going to come down you to. Should go to the, uh, I think you should go to the Week 16 game in Philadelphia. I don't think that. Um, I, I don't think that With Sean. in the slightest. Well, Sean lives in Florida now, so um, not going to have to. If he got Dallas, if he got Dallas Eagle tickets, he would be on his way up. And don't don't challenge me on that. Oh, I I know for a fact he would be up for that, but uh, he could enjoy it with uh, with an Eagles fan friend of his because I I don't I don't trust my brother enough to not sell me out in Philadelphia when there's alcohol involved. So. I, I will. I will always pick one. Pick one. I will always Your brother be, or Dave. Uh neither, neither. I would rather not watch than uh, watch with either of you guys. <laughs> um, if we're being brutally honest, all right, Dave. Let's move to the games at hand this weekend. The teams on a bye are the Giants, Packers, Seahawks, and Titans. I believe this is the last week um, for bye weeks, so um, fantasy owners can rejoice that you only have to deal with that shit. For one more week, let's start um, Thursday night. This one, of course, eight twenty on Fox and the NFL Network. You have the five and four Steelers, who all of a sudden are are very much still alive. They're in a playoff spot. Um, if the uh, if the playoffs started this week, uh, they are at the three and six Browns, who are a two and a half point home favorite. The uh, the line on this one is forty. Um, I, I, I don't I, I don't understand how the Browns are the favorite here. Uh, I guess because you know because you're at home, um, the the Steelers have been playing much better than expected. Um, especially when when uh, you know when Big Ben went down and and you you kind and then you know Rudolph went down, you thought that things were really going to go into a tailspin. That defense has been playing really really well. Um, the offense is, is starting to kind of find a groove. Uh, I like Pittsburgh to win this game. Uh, you know, I think the 
Cleveland victory over a facade of a, of a Bills team um, was was more fluky than anything. I think there's a lot more problems in Cleveland. Um, I, I, I'll take the under, though. I, I just, you know, Thursday night games, you know, at times have been great, but they've begun to trend back to a little bit more crappy in, in a way. So um, Pittsburgh with the under. This is a very interesting game. Um, first off, uh, this might be Omar Epps, or I mean Mike Tomlin's best coaching job to date with the Steelers. That that what he's done to have this team at a five and four record is pretty damn impressive to say the least. But this is a completely different Steelers team since they got uh, Minka Fitzpatrick from the Finns. So um, I I think that this is going to be an ugly ass Thursday night game. Like this has sixteen thirteen or. 1310 written all over it. Um, but that being said, the the look-ahead line on this game has been hovering at three and a half for weeks, and then all of a sudden it's down to two and a half with both teams winning last week, which makes no sense. So um, three and a half, you give me a favorite at home under a field goal um, on a short week, and I'm probably going to be sucker betting the Browns this week. But uh, definitely agree with you on the under, but uh, give me the poop stain. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move to Sunday. We're going to do three games on Sunday starting 1 o'clock uh, on CBS. It is the 6-3 and three Texans at the 7-2 and two Ravens, um, who are a four-point home favorite. The, uh, the line on this one is 50. Um, you know, the Texans coming off a bye, you know, hoping to get a little bit healthier. Um they they haven't bought a new offensive line yet, so um, that's probably not going to help them or uh, Deshaun Watson not be terrified under pressure at all times. Um, but you know th- this this is going to be a game that um, you're going to watch two offenses that are absolutely just a lot of fun to watch on a football field um, go at it, uh, and I and I think it's going to be more in line of a shootout. If I'm playing fantasy, do not. I would not play either of these defenses. Um, I, I do like the Ravens, and I and I think I'm going to take just the slight over on the points, um, and 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 I'm going to take Ravens plus as well. Um, so Ravens plus and over because I I just think you're going to get into a situation where Lamar Jackson's going to do Lamar Jackson things, and Deshaun Watson's going to do Deshaun Watson things. Hopefully to DeAndre Hopkins because. Um, I need, I need to win and I need to win now in my fantasy league. Um, but I think we're just, it, this is going to be one of those ones you can just sit back and enjoy watching. So I think, uh, I think that, uh, JJ Watt and Davian Clowney, oh, wait, I think that, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Texans try to slow down this running attack that, uh, Baltimore puts up here. Um, it really would have helped having these two massive defensive line defensive ends to to help uh, contain the the rushing attack, but you, you don't have them, so um, not much that you can do, obviously. But I think this does leave the obvious hole. But yet Vegas sets this line at four and a half. Like I feel like this is one of those games where Baltimore's up ten with two minutes left, and the back door creeps open for Deshaun Watson. Right, he's like something ridiculous in. Um, games as an underdog that he's only not covered that he's like 13 and two or something like that is as games as an underdog. So um, give me the Texans catching the four and a half. And I have absolutely no clue why other than it just smells of a rotten line. (laughs) 
and I'll take the Ravens by a by a field goal. Um, I agree with you on the over too. So we'll take the over. Um, Texas plus the points. Ravens money line. All right, and then this is a rematch of the worst day in my sports fan sports fan life. Uh, it is the eight and one New England Patriots, the three and a half point road favorite at the five and four Eagles. Uh, Forty four and a half is the number on this game. Four twenty five CBS. Um, you know the Patriots have had a week off to reflect from, um, you know the 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 drubbing that that happened in in Baltimore, um, and, and you know the the Eagles uh, were off as well. Um, you know I I I love the Patriots in this spot just because, um, you know I, I I don't know if the the Ravens game was one of those ones where it's just that typical Patriots loss where you start to go. Is Tom Brady done? Is Belichick going to retire? Is uh, is Gronk going to? Oh, wait, he's not there. But you know, whoever the tight end is, is he going to? Was he partying too hard or whatever? It, it just felt like that. That was that Patriots game that you look at, you know, once a year and just go, yeah, well, the Patriots lost. Um, you know, I think it's a great bounce back spot here. I I, I still don't like the Eagles. You, you you don't have a guy that can spread the field. I think it's going to be. A lot, really easy for the Patriots to set up a game plan against your offense. So I, I like the Patriots plus here. Um, I, I'm still, I'm going to take the under even on this game. I, I don't like either of these teams to score a lot of points. There, there's problems with that Eagles offense. Hell, there's problems with that whole Eagles team. Um, so yeah, Patriots plus and the under. Man, who pissed in your Cheerios about the Eagles? Oh, just in general. I can't. I can't be favorable on the Eagles. It's just impossible. Well, then sit back at 430 because they're winning this game straight up. The the weakness on the Patriot is is throwing the ball, which correlates with the weakness in the Eagles' defense on defending the pass. So I think that the D-line is going to be able to get enough pressure on Brady to get him out of his rhythm and not be able to exploit uh, the weak Eagles' secondary. Um, plus, I just want to hammer the Eagles again and ha- have as much fun watching the the game as I did when I hammered the Rams two weeks ago or the Ravens two <laughs> weeks ago because that was freaking awesome. Um, I think that the the Patriots are overrated. Um, I know that they have probably two of the greatest minds in in NFL history working together, but I have not seen anything out of this Patriots team that's that's really all that good. Um, I mean they they the Giants lit them up offensively when they played them. And there's more weapons on the Eagles team than there was with the Giants then. So um, I think that this Patriots team's on the decline. Uh, however, that being said, I have no um, no vesting interest in this game at this point. And uh, if this number gets down to three flat, it's going to be awful tempting to take the Patriots. However, um, I'm not doing it. I will be on the Eagles or I'm not playing this game. Uh, but give me the Eagles straight up just so the NFC East is a little bit more interesting. <laughs> and Jim can cry a little bit Sunday afternoon. Uh, I'll cry more about the Cowboys. You know, the the Eagles can't hurt me this year and any more than they did two years ago. All right, let's move to Sunday night on NBC at eight twenty. It is the four and five Bears traveling to the five and four Rams, who are a seven point home favorite. Forty one and a half is the number on this one. Uh, I'm gonna hammer the under on this one again. I, both offenses, you know, you have you have a terrible quarterback and some some weapons on one team and then you have a terrible quarterback and less weapons 
on the other side, you can figure out who's who. Um, they're very similar teams. You use strong defensively. So that's why I like the under, um, I think the Rams are going to find ways to, to win. Uh, I think the Rams are going to win the game. Um, but I, I think it's going to be closer than a seven line. I think it's going to come down to, um, you know, a, a field goal game. Uh, so I'm going to take the bears, uh, to, uh, to, to beat the seven points Rams win the game and the under. I, I feel like this game seems like it's too easy to bet the under, so I'm taking the over. Um, and I'm going to go with the Rams straight up and laying the points just because I think the Bears got that that one win that gets some pressure off of them, so they relaxed a little bit this week. But uh, I think the Rams are winning this by 10. And it's going to be boring. Yeah, boring's, boring will be the, the key to this one. All right, and let's finally move to uh, to Monday night. It is the 6-4 and four Chiefs coming off of uh, – a loss uh, on the road in in Tennessee. They're a three and a half point road favorite at the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers, but um, <laughs> four and six. Uh, that of course is uh, eight fifteen on ESPN. The line on this one fifty two and a half. Um, you know the the, the Chiefs are going to continue to get healthy here. Um, it's 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 you know I think just mathematical that they're going to win this game. Um, I, I even like them to win. You know with the points. The, the Chargers are just the absolute kings of finding new and creative and exciting ways to lose, and I love every second of it because I, I do not like Phillip Rivers, and I never have. Um, so watching him just get angrier and angrier and angrier as uh, his hopes of, of being anything of a success, um, you know, in terms of playoff success, are just continue to dwindle. Um uh, I'm 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 going to even play the under on this one though. I, I don't think the Chargers are, are going to be able to get a lot of points going. Um, you know the Chiefs are they're going to they're going to do what the Chiefs do. It's it's a high powered offense, um, but I like the under and the Chiefs to win plus. I'm going to call the car, uh, Chargers in this straight up upset here. Uh, they have the extra time to prepare after that Thursday night debacle um, with a real long week, like 11 days between games here, so it's quasi mini buy. Um, I just think they're going to be ready to play here. And this, this game really is their season here that if they win this, they still have hopes in the, uh, in the West, but if they, if they lose this, their season's over. So, uh, taking the over and taking the charges in this one. All right. That is going to round out the games for us for, uh, for this weekend, Dave, if you have nothing else to add, we're just going to wrap this thing up and, uh, get ready for a week full of foosball. So I have to add one more thing after we talked about the Ohio State spread. But sure. can you believe that Northwestern is favored by 40 points this weekend? They're playing. I think they the, have scored 40 points. I assume they're playing the Maryland, seven right? Games combined. I assume they're playing they Maryland. Were? What's that? No, I think they have uh, the worst team in, in Division One at the moment uh, by a long shot. That would be the UMass Minutemen. I, I I would have given the edge to Rutgers in that battle. <laughs> I think uh, I think Rutgers is substantially better than UMass. UMass is one of the worst teams I think I've ever seen in college football. Going back the the five to ten years, I've been following it really closely. The Northwestern is about forty point favorites, um, and I believe I could be wrong about this, but I believe they are home too. So. Uh, even with that said, that's still an insane number for Northwestern to be, be laying. I think before this past weekend, they had uh, all of six offensive touchdowns this year. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm looking over their points. Yeah, they scored seven week one. They scored 30 against UNLV. Um, and they scored, uh, there's another one that they, that they put up. Uh, oh, they put up 15 against Wisconsin, which may be the most impressive thing they've done all year. Um, but, uh, yeah, the fact that they're playing 40 though. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That, that game, that game should be canceled just because it sucks. <laughs> like let, you know, just put a win in the Northwestern column, but don't subject people to having to watch it. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. So we're at, uh, we're at uh, Huddle Up Dave on Twitter, and uh, we'll we'll talk to everyone next week. Hopefully, after some uh, chaos here in the the uh, college football playoffs, and I think uh, when we talk to you in a week here, the the playoff picture is going to be a lot clearer. I agree, Dave. We'll talk to you next week, man. Have a good one. We're going to get out of here. We appreciate uh, you following along, listening along. Make sure you are subscribed to us on uh, Apple Podcasts or your. Uh, and, and your Stitcher, Google Play, I think it's all on there. Um, all podcast devices you can find us. Make sure you're following us on social media at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at Big Jim Sports. You can follow our home network at NGSC Sports. And the sponsor of this show is Alicia's Pillows and Things. You can get great decoration for your home. It'll be movie characters, TV characters, sports teams, and much, much more. Head over to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order today. Until next week, have fun, enjoy the games, and uh, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win. Oh.